Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sandy and Mandy show. I'm Mandy. I'm Sandy, and today is our 16th episode of Tea Time. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited to answer y'all's questions again. Thank you so much for your submissions as always. They're pretty juicy. Well, this first one. Somebody asked, what's y'all's opinion on going through your partner's phone? <laughs> Who wants to go first? You can go first. <laughs> Do I think you should do that on like a general, you know, generally speaking? No, you shouldn't. Just because having to even do that just induces a lot of stress already. And it's just like, do you even want to be in a stressful relationship like that to where you feel like you have to look through your partner's phone? Because uh, it's just, it's a very triggering feeling. But... Whenever you're already in a type of relationship where the trust is just broken and you really need to find something out because you know, you know something's up and then to find it, you find the evidence and then, you know, do what you will with the evidence. But generally speaking, no, you shouldn't look through your partner's phone because that's an invasion of privacy. Yeah, that is a great way to put it. My opinion is that I would never do it. Even if I had evidence and they were trying to gaslight me, then I would know that I'm done with that situation because you're not about to do that to me. I personally have never done it either. I don't know how you did it. Yeah, dude, I fucking done it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know. In my high school relationship and my relationship when I was like 18, 19, yeah, I looked through his phone. (laughs) I only did that because of my very first relationship ever. Toxic relationships were normalized, and so I thought that shit was normal. That was my very first relationship ever, so I felt like since that was my first relationship, I kind of carried that into the next relationship. But then after that relationship, I was like, no, like I don't need to do that. But in my most recent situation thing I was really close because I just had a feeling and I was right like I was I was literally right and it's just like an itch that you have to like fucking scratch sometimes generally speaking you shouldn't do that well yeah I just think it's not healthy yeah it's not healthy at all like it's not how a healthy relationship should be and it's just straight up you know crossing people's boundaries and people's privacy but you know if you've been in toxic relationships connections then you already know that that type of stuff could happen but yeah it's definitely not the ideal standard of what people should be doing to each other and even with friends like Friends shouldn't be... I've never looked through a friend's phone. I've only looked through a partner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't even think about doing either. But even with a friend, that's literally none of my fucking business. Like, I don't care what you do on your phone, honestly. (laughs) But with a partner, yeah, I just think there's not enough trust or security there. And I don't think I would ever be in that position. Because, yeah, one, you know me, I will just leave. And two, I'm pretty open and understanding anyway. And I don't know why somebody would want to even do that to me. So <laughs> Wait, so even whenever you were younger, like in your earliest relationships, you've never had the urge to look through your partner's phone? No. Well, I guess the reason why I did was because he was cheating. Mm -hmm. I think no matter what, if you go through someone's phone, you're going to get hurt if you're intimate with them, to be honest. Absolutely. Right? Because you're just going to see stuff that will probably offend you. There's a saying for that. It's like, don't go looking for something when you know you're going to get your feelings hurt. 
<laughs> Any advice to people who are looking through their significant other's phones? Yes. Even though I said I was understanding of why somebody may look through their partner's phone, my general advice to if you're already looking through their phone and you're wanting to know whether or not it's okay because you're already doing it, I would say to literally just drop that. You shouldn't even have to be doing that in your relationship. That shouldn't even have to be a thing of looking through their shit. Whether you're looking through their shit, whether they're looking through your shit, it shouldn't even be a thing because in a healthy relationship, there should be trust and there should be just protection of people's privacies and just respecting people's privacies. So if you're doing that, you got to rethink why it's even happening. Is it because they don't make you feel secure? Is it because they're literally cheating? So at that point, are you okay with that? Are you okay with them cheating? If you're not okay with them cheating, then just don't even be in that relationship. That's my advice. Just don't even deal with that. I just like the questions that you ask because there should be introspection too. Because if you're accusing them of doing something and what if they're not? So then what does that say about you? That's just another example. I'm not saying like whatever side is right. I like how you also said nobody should be invading your privacy because no one's ever done that to me that I know of. But if they did do it to me, (laughs) I would be so fucking pissed, honestly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I can imagine you being literally livid at that. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, we're done. Honestly, if you go through my phone, we're done. Because why didn't you talk to me first? Why do you think that you can do that? So that was a good perspective because I didn't even think of that, to be honest. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I like your perspective too. I feel like how you feel about it is the general advice that should be given on this topic. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So good luck to everybody involved with somebody. (laughs) Simply put. It's not easy. It's really not easy. And uh, I just remember, I remember those days of just feeling like I had to do that because like I didn't trust what the person was saying. And so like I had to find out for myself. Mm. And that's just not a fun position to be in. And if you're in that position, setting prayers, you know what to do. You know how to get out of this. If you think you don't, you do. You just got to really want it bad enough. I'm sending y'all healing. And yeah, it really depends what your intuition is telling you, what part you are in your own journey. It just can come from a lot of different perspectives, honestly. Yeah, there's a lot of different reasons why people do it. Yeah, or they're feeling towards that if they feel like they should. And sometimes it's not the other person. Sometimes, I don't know. Yeah, this is not a super black and white type of topic. Well, on to the next. Someone asked how to be and stay consistent in art and showing up for yourself. Should I start? I wrote a whole ass thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I think you should. So what keeps me consistent in art? To me, creating art is a love language. It's become quality time with myself and also acts of service. And the way I'm seeing acts of service is that I'm giving and receiving. With giving, I'm sharing my art with the world and I'm giving to myself for even expressing myself and wanting to be creative. And then the act of receiving comes from receiving feedback, opportunities, just potential opportunities, you know, a new audience even. And this is all with external feedback, but then there's also internal feedback that I'm receiving, such as healing, I'm receiving discipline, receiving a new self through creation. I also realized with consistency in art, this is with a lot of things though, like whatever you do is never going to be the same you, basic math and principles of life and like cause and effect. When you add dedicated time, practice and intention to your craft, the result is that you will always receive progress. You'll be at a new stage of yourself, even when it doesn't seem or feel like it. It helps me be consistent when I know 
that I'm giving myself a little bit because I know a little is better than none. So even on the weeks where I don't want to create, I still will try to do something if I can. Doing a little bit is literally going to be better than none. I just want to be consistent with my skills too because that's something that I never want to expire. Another access service, as I said earlier, the act of self-love for never quitting on myself. I realize that it's easy to quit, but the harder thing to do is to keep trying. And then consistency allows me to move forward. Consistency shows me that my creativity is nourished and expressed. And then whenever it feels like it's plateaued, you can just come back later to it. You don't want to stay too far away from whatever you're being consistent at. You just don't want all the work that you put into yourself and into whatever you're working on to just vanish because you come this far, you know, to just receive nothing. Consistency allows you to reap benefits in the future. So with the strong foundation and your hard work that you're doing now, it's going to become easier in the future. And whatever your art means to you, it means a lot to your community as well. So that is what I think of consistency in art. Beautifully said, bro. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> I like that you said with being consistent, a little is better than nothing on the days where you don't really feel like doing anything. That was really going to be my answer with consistency is even when you feel like you can't be at your 100% with whatever you're doing, like that's fine. Like not everything is going to be a hit because that's just not how life works. Sometimes you'll have more energy. Some days, some days you won't have as much energy. And I like that I know that you talked about the external feedback, but I feel like you're always more focused on the internal process of it. And with your consistency, it's very much like intrinsically motivated and like intrinsically driven. And I like the point of you also saying to think about the fact that you've already put so much work into something. And so to just kind of let it fade out pretty much comes down to discipline, really. Like discipline and consistency go hand in hand. And I think also discipline is loyalty to yourself. I like that analogy too, because with being consistent, you know, you said you were going to do something. So how loyal are you to that statement? How loyal are you to yourself? I think looking at it from those perspectives can help you be consistent. Yeah, I love that. Thanks. There's also a question on showing up for yourself, but we have a whole episode on showing up for yourself, which is episode 29. It's literally called showing up for yourself. Oh my gosh. 29 is like forever ago now too. I know. Are we on like 60? Yeah, this 64, 65, something like that. And I thought that we just filmed the episode two months ago or something, but it was a while. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like that was pretty recent. But when I reset 29, I was like, whoa, because I remember posting the last episode and it was like 63, 64. So that's <laughs> pretty crazy. I'm still down to do a word on self-love in this episode because I feel like, yeah, episode 29 was so far away. Yeah, we can. I had wrote something down too. So showing up for yourself, you are the commitment to yourself. And that's the one commitment that will never go away. You have a relationship with yourself and relationships are work, but they can also be full of self-love and they can be difficult sometimes for months. But adding a bit of love will always be beneficial. And just knowing that you have to take care of yourself first every day and every night. And with every season that passes, life is always going to move on. So you kind of do have to show up for yourself. You want to have something to look back on that you're happy to think about or proud of. And you want to have something to look forward to. And you can do that by showing up for yourself. So you have your own story to create and to write. And that's why we should do it. Yeah. 
It's your responsibility to yourself because nobody else is going to show up for you but you. I like that you said the only commitment you have is to yourself or how did you, what'd you say? Yeah, you're the only commitment to yourself and that's the one commitment that's never going to go away. Exactly. So the least you can do is show up and show some love because nobody else is guaranteed to do literally any of that. And so everything comes from you. Yeah, I like that you said it's also just something nice to look back on and be happy about. Because if you show love to yourself at least every day or every few days that you feel capable of doing, then you know that that was there for you in the past and that you did try to take care of yourself. You don't want to look back and see that there was not any love for you that you didn't give to yourself. Showing up for yourself is something that you can only do for you. As much as we have friends or partners or external things like money and clothes, whatever, to make us happy, they can only make us happy to a certain extent. The rest is literally showing up for yourself. Whenever you're talking about looking back on showing up for yourself, I think looking back on it reminds you that you're able to show yourself love and that you're capable of doing it. Because I don't know, I feel like whenever you just stop showing up for yourself and you kind of just stop doing your self-care stuff, you like forget that it was even possible to do all those things. And so I think it's good to do those things because you can remember that, you know, that was a really long way to say any of that, but... (laughs) No, I love it. No, we needed it. We needed it. Thank you. (laughs) Because with self-love, once you continue with it and you're consistent, it just becomes a habit. And then you don't even think about it. It's just you taking care of yourself naturally. It becomes a habit and then it becomes the standard. And so it even pours into your relationships with others. And it kind of sets the standard of, do I feel better like without this person around? Like, do I take care of myself better like without this person around type shit? Do they even love me as good as I love me? So whenever you really set that standard for yourself, you can really filter out a lot of bullshit. Damn, I love that point. I didn't even think of it like that. That's so true. Do I feel better alone or does this relationship feel fulfilling enough? Dude, yeah. It's, it really works. <laughs> yeah, no, it does work. It filters out a lot. Because then you also realize what standard y'all are both on within friendship and self-care and self-love. With self-love and self-care, there's just more of, yeah, what you have the energy for on that specific day. Because as Mandy said, we're not going to be at 100 every day. It's just not possible without burnout. We don't have to be. So if self-care and self-love looks like for one day, just chilling and watching movies or just doing nothing because that is self-love, then you should do that. So our last question, who did you grow up loving, parentheses, celebrities, types of crushes, or family, and inspiring you? Do you have an answer? So I think the first crush I literally ever had in my entire life was in kindergarten. No, no, no. it was in pre-K. And it was on this girl in kindergarten. But at the time, I didn't I didn't know that it was a crush, but I just had very strong, like, feelings. But I would be so shy. Do you know why, though? She was just really pretty and nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she was really pretty and nice. And I don't know, she was just, she was just like the prettiest person to me at the time. Aw, that's cute. I don't even think she spoke English, to be honest. Damn, you was crushing. I knew what I liked at the time. Anyways, celebrity-wise, I think my very first celebrity crush... It was either Miley Cyrus or Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical. Yeah, Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, she's so pretty. But I don't really know 
about her now. We're talking about back then when we were clueless, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think I had a crush on Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron at the same time yeah. from High School Musical. Mm-hmm. Same. And then who else did I really like? Those are the main ones that I remembered having very strong feelings for when I was <laughs> that little. <laughs> nice. What about you? Yeah, for mine, when I'm thinking about who I loved growing up and who inspired me, the first person I thought of was actually my sister. Yeah, so I have an older sister. She just has a beautiful soul. So that's why she really inspired me when I was a kid. We were best friends. We shared a room together for like 10 years of my first 10 years of being alive. (laughs) Holy shit, yeah. Yeah, we shared one bedroom together. She would always bring me around her friends too, around our hometown. And we'd do girly things and it was fun. (laughs) <laughs> we go to the mall together and we even made two YouTube channels together when I was younger. Oh, <laughs> I know. We've always been pretty creative together. The first channel was a production of skits. <laughs> so we would have short stories and we'd include our friends from around the neighborhood in it. And we were literally all kids just trying to make a film. I love that. Thank you. And then the second one was about beauty. So as I got older, we did videos creating hairstyles and styling outfits we bought from TJ Maxx. And I remember this one time we would go to the water park and her and her friend would do my makeup because back then you needed a parent or guardian if you were under 13. And I wasn't 13. They would do my makeup and then they would sneak me in because I looked old enough, I guess. And I was like mature Uh enough. (laughs) I've always had like this monotonous voice. So I feel like I got away with it. Yeah, you definitely did. (laughs) I was too young to do anything. So yeah, she always brought me along, which was really nice. We'd celebrate every holiday together. Yeah, like I respect her a lot. And she's very attentive and very protective. Oh, yeah. And then other people that inspired me and that I loved a lot. Obviously, we got a shout out to our parents because of their immigrant story. Right. Because of their immigrant story, it's became the origin of my life in America. And, you know, because of their sacrifices and their struggles and their poverty, it'll always make me full of gratitude and strength and discipline. Very grateful and inspired by my parents for doing what they did for our lives. Oh, yeah, that's a word. (laughs) Right? We just have to remember. Yeah, you have me thinking. I'm like, damn, yeah, exactly that. Everything you just said, I affirm. Oh, thank you. I also have this Filipino friend, and her name is Angel. Literally, was giving Angel of my life when I was a teenager. We would meet up in Chicago every single weekend, and we would take the train to each other because we both live in a suburb. And we would go to art museums together. We would eat comfort food. We would try and close out American Apparel, take photos together, and we'd always go to concerts and music fest together because back then, we loved all these British boy bands like Arctic Monkeys, The Kooks. <laughs> and drowners right oh my gosh i literally went to see the kooks in concert in high school (gasps) love them they're actually so good and they're always in soundtracks of just american or like edgy movies or film yeah so funny and so perfect because i don't know their music is good that's a throwback i know oh my god i was grateful that i could connect with her on arts and she was actually the first artist friend i ever had so she was there before i developed my own personal taboo style outside of tumblr and outside of the x's and sky fiera 
2014 oh my god yeah era love her her art is so fucking good and she was honestly the first bad bitch i ever met every time we would go out together she would always get compliments and always be receiving things and people would notice her but even on the internet she had this presence to her like online and offline she was just a bad bitch and i never really been around one until i met her period right (laughs) yeah she always had an eye for photos and she just inspires me a lot because she had this incredible strong and creative energy to her and she was really good friend i mean she is a good friend so shout out to angel my sister my parents and then lastly i was inspired by seeing asian representation in media so the first person i could think of was brenda song actually (gasps) because her style she was like the rich girl on sweet life and zach and cody so they always had her like done up and i always thought she was really cute back then and knowing that she had that opportunity as an asian femme like that was really cool dude wendy Wu, homecoming warrior yeah (laughs) oh my gosh i was obsessed with that movie for the longest i would rewatch it all the time (laughs) and yeah i completely relate like seeing any type of asian representation would be really inspiring and just really nice to see because you already know there isn't a lot of it there still isn't a lot of it there's more but Mm -hmm. not enough you know facts yeah uh she was an icon like she was she was carrying for the asians on disney channel yeah i'm like is she like the only one low-key i was about to say is she literally the only one only asian in acting (laughs) yeah back then on disney channel i think she literally was like the only really well-known asian person on Disney Channel because I literally cannot think of Mm -hmm. anybody else. Have you heard of the show Nikita? Mm -mm. What channel? I think it's on like NBC or something like that. It was like an adult show, but whenever I was younger, my dad, I don't know why he even told me about the show because I was not old enough to even watch this. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) It's because she was hot. Like, (laughs) Oh, okay. I have to look her up. It's a really, I think it was the very first, um, American TV show to have an Asian female Asian lead for the show. Her name's Nikita, or the show's name is Nikita, and her name is Nikita on the show. But in real life, her name's Maggie Q. I think she's either half Vietnamese or half Chinese, something like that. Ooh, yeah, she is hot. She was an action. Oh, oh my God. Wow, that. I think that just literally uncovered so many things. Okay, backtrack a little bit. What really inspired me when I was younger was like action movies and like action Ooh. films and people just like fighting. So like, like Lucy Liu. Yes, yes, Lucy Liu. Yeah, because you talked about Charlie's Angels before. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, Charlie's Angels was honestly like a sexual awakening for me as a very young, yeah. <laughs> a very young child. But. I loved action, action films, action, just action. Like, I love fighting and I love seeing people do martial arts. And so Power Rangers, I remember when I first watched Power Rangers, I was, like, obsessed. My mom put me in martial arts after that because she saw me, like, I don't know, like, imitating the shit. Aww. <laughs> At home, like, in front of the TV. I love that. And so, yeah, from that point on, Charlie's Angel. That's why I love Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior, because I love seeing her, like, in action. And then Nikita, because Maggie Q, she would really be fighting and putting on a show. And that would really inspire me, which is kind of why I got back into MMA this year. But anyways, that was a huge influence. Aww. I fucking love that. Thanks. 
I was more inspired by, I would always watch more cartoons when I was a kid though. Because the cartoons I was inspired by, American Dragon with Jake Long, right? Wasn't that on Disney? (gasps) (laughs) Yeah! Another show that I was inspired by was Sagwa, the Chinese Siamese cat. I was always watching that show too. That sounds so familiar. I love Caillou. Yes! And I love Dragon Tales. Oh my god, yes! Those are my shows back then. Dude, yeah. I love Caillou and literally Dragon Tales with that shiny iridescent rock. Yes, and they'd be praying on it. Yeah. They're like, I wish, I wish. That's literally us now. Upon a star or something. <laughs> I know. That is us. I love oh, that. Yeah. Oh, Sagwa's so cute. I don't think I've ever... Wait, have I watched this before? It, it was on like PBS Kids. Maybe I have because it does actually look really familiar. Oh, it's so cute. It was such a good show. I want to rewatch it, honestly. Ooh, love Kim Possible too. I don't know if you watched Kim Possible. Yeah, I've seen it. I think I got that into it, but it makes sense that you did. Yeah, I don't know why I like that so much. (laughs) (laughs) Five, five, five right now. Yay. I just looked at my kitchen clock, literally. Fighter in the past life too. That would make sense. Or you just like to be active. Probably both. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I know my great grandma, she used to be fighting a lot. So (laughs) (laughs) It's in your bloodline. (laughs) No, literally, it's in my... Bloodlines from my ancestors. Let's shout out to our beautiful Patreon subscribers as always. Shout out and thank you so much to Baby Beluga, Germ, Somi Pop, Seven, Brianna, Triggy, and Espina. We really love and appreciate y'all all so much for everything you've done for us this year. You know, as always, we love y'all so much. We're very grateful for every month of y'all showing up for us. So we're very, very grateful for that. Y'all have been consistent with us. There will be more content, bonus content, more things that we're cooking up for y'all for this next year as well. So stay tuned. We love y'all and we hope y'all have a great rest of the year. Yeah, you know... We have a lot to say still. (laughs) So get comfy. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. Love y'all.